friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, we continue this wonderful journey through the Acts of the Apostles during this Easter season. And the reading for, um, for today, the first reading, is from the sixth chapter of Acts, and it has to do with the choosing of the first uh, deacons. And I've preached on that actually many times. But I want to focus on something different today from this passage. And it's a little line that's a bit of a throwaway line, but I think is, is enormously important. So they talk about the, the preaching of the gospel, the spreading of the word. And then it says, The number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly. Even a large group of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Now, as I say, we might just you know pass over that line, but I think for people in the first century, especially in a Jewish audience, that would have been a very interesting line. Now, how come? Well, priests were so important in Jewish religious life. You know, go back to the Old Testament now. There's a lot of talk about priesthood. Priests are people who perform sacrifices, who thereby affect a union between divinity and humanity. Even a figure, go back to, to Noah, a figure like Abraham, Moses, uh, they're all priestly figures. But they really come into their own during the time of the Solomonic Temple. So Solomon builds the great temple in Jerusalem, and it's attended to by scribes indeed, but also by priests. That's to say, men who perform the animal sacrifices or grain sacrifices by which the people were reconciled unto God. The priestly um, group comes from the tribe of Levi, and they are essential to Jewish religious life. They're conducting the rituals and the ceremonies and the sacrifices by which the people are sanctified. They were temple people, people of prayer and praise and sacrifice. Now, Jesus is not a temple priest. John the Baptist was. He came from a priestly family. Jesus wasn't, though. He came not from the tribe of Levi, but from the tribe of Judah. That's David's kingly tribe. Nevertheless, Jesus, like, like any pious Jew, is very temple-centric. He goes up to the temple on a regular basis and participates in the sacrifices there. He says in regard to himself, you have a greater than the temple here, which means in his own person, divinity and humanity come together. He is in his own person, the supreme priest. Think now, too, at the climax of his life. Jesus goes up to the Jerusalem temple, and he does there what so many of the great prophets did. He pronounces judgment upon the temple. Think of, of Isaiah and Hosea and Amos and Ezekiel and Daniel and, and so many of them, Jeremiah, that pass judgment on the corruption of the temple, the temple that's meant to be the place of right praise, has become a place often of corruption and idolatry. Well, Jesus, like those great prophets, comes into the Jerusalem temple and he turns over the tables of the, of the money changers 
and he says, you've made this a den of thieves. It's meant to be a house of prayer. And then he makes this extraordinary remark that he's going to tear down this place and in three days rebuild it, referring, St. John tells us, to the temple of his body. In other words, again, his body is a holy temple, the place where divinity and humanity meet. His very person is a priestly reality. And then we rehearse this at every single Mass. The night before he dies, Jesus takes the Passover bread and the Passover cup. This is my body given for you. This is my blood that will be shed for you. Well, you see, that's all temple talk. That's all priestly temple language. The priest who would, who would take the body of the animal and sacrifice the animal and the blood would spill out and then this animal would be offered in sacrifice to, to uh, um, forgive the sins of the people. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is saying the night before he dies, that he's going to perform on the cross this great priestly sacrifice. How wonderful, how wonderful as we hear, a large group of priests are becoming obedient to the faith. You know what that means? That means they got it. That means that these, these temple priests in Jerusalem, who were, they, they were steeped in, in the very tradition I've been describing. I mean, that's what their whole life was about. Once they heard the evangelical message, they knew Jesus is the fulfillment of this temple. Jesus is the fulfillment of these sacrifices. Everything we've been doing across the centuries as priests of Israel, it's now summed up and given full expression in what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, I'll speak directly to all the Catholics listening. Uh, something I think wonderful about Catholicism is we preserved so much of the Jewish priestly tradition. Go back in the Old Testament, what do you find? Well, you find descriptions of altars and incense and vestments and miters and candles and sacrifice. In other words, all these things that we preserve in our churches, that we preserve in our sacrificial activity of the Mass, there it is. Because we recognize, I think as these temple priests did, who became obedient to the faith, we recognize that in Jesus, all this comes now to fullest expression. You see, by the way, why Vatican II insists that the Mass, the Eucharist, are the source and summit of the Christian life. That's the place where divinity and humanity come together. That's the place where they're reconciled. That's where the priestly activity happens. Again, the tragedy, everybody, that, that so many of our our Catholic brothers and sisters are staying away from this. No, no, the, these temple priests long ago, they got it, and they came, they became obedient to the faith. So we today need to be obedient to the faith. Okay, so with all that in mind from the first reading, listen to this now from the first letter of Peter. He says, Come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen and precious in the eyes of God, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. That's an extraordinary line, isn't it? Who's Jesus? 
He is the temple. Right? I, I'm going to tear it down and in three days rebuild it, referring to the temple of his body. You have a greater than the temple here. Who is he? He is the high priest. Now, who are we? Oh, we're people that, that, that follow Jesus. We're his disciples. We, we think his teaching is great. Nothing as banal as that. No, listen to Peter. We are like living stones built into a spiritual house. See, we're members of his mystical body. Shift the metaphor a little bit. We're the living stones that make up the temple that he is. That's what's happening, by the way, every time we go to Mass. We're not just people like watching a concert. <laughs> I'm going to show up and sit in my chair and watch what's going on up there. No, no. You're participating in the mystical body. You are a living stone making up the temple. You are a priest, right? Everyone listen to me baptized. You are priest, prophet, and king. And when you come to Mass, you're exercising your priestly responsibility, your priestly dignity. So, to this point, listen as we uh, go on in 2 Peter. You must become a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Oh no, that's for bishops and priests up there on the altar. Well, yes, in a, in a very unique and indispensable sense, yes. But everybody that attends Mass is exercising his or her priesthood. As you join your prayers to those of the priest, you join your sacrifices to, the, to that of Christ, you're a priest in this temple. Long ago, many temple priests got it, and they became obedient to the faith. You're their spiritual descendants. And listen now as he goes on. Therefore, I'm quoting, you're a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. How wonderful, by the way, royal priesthood. That means you're king and you're priest. Well, that's David, right? The Mashiach, the anointed one. David was king, certainly. But also, as he dances before the Ark of the Covenant, that's a liturgical act. He's also priest. Well, every one of you baptized, every one of you, exercising your, your privilege at Mass, you're operating as both priest and king. I've said it many times before, Vatican II says it. It's by our right praise that we set the world aright. You, know, you worship the wrong thing. You worship pleasure or money or power or honor. You're going to make the world a worse place, right? You make these values highest, you will make the world a worse place. But when you worship God, that's a priestly task, right? You're, you're in the temple. You're, you're a priest offering praise in the right direction. You will radiate outward to the, to the um, improvement of the world. That's essential. Now, I've been doing reading one, reading two, just a word about the gospel because it too is at least indirectly about the priesthood. All of it, I think, is is summed up in this gospel from John today. Jesus presents himself to his disciples as the perfect priest. Now why? 
He's the mediator between God and humanity. Now, how do we know that? Well, listen to what he said. When he's asked, Lord, show us the way to the Father. Show, what, is, what is this way to the Father? What does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here's Thomas Aquinas' commentary on that. In his divinity, he's truth and life. Right? What are the things that we want? Well, we want fullness of truth. That's God. We want fullness of life. That's God. So Jesus is saying, I, I'm it. I, I'm the truth and the life. I'm the goal of all your searching. But, Aquinas says, in his humanity, he's the way. So how do we get to the truth and life? Well, we, we look at and we imitate and we enter into his humanity. Now watch something. Who's a priest? Who's a priest? The priest is someone who reconciles divinity and humanity, right? Who brings together heaven and earth. That's Jesus. I'm the way, that's my humanity. I'm the truth and the life, divinity. I'm the one in whom these two realities come together. Therefore, I'm the supreme priest. And once again, we don't just admire this reality that's up there, out there somewhere. No, no. We participate in it. We're living stones in the temple. We are sharers in his royal priesthood. Many priests became obedient to the faith long ago. We're their descendants, everybody. Everyone listening to me who's baptized, we are descendants of those priests who became obedient to the faith. So as, as we're coming toward the end now of the Easter season, realize your dignity, especially every time you attend Mass. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.